Hello everybody and thank you for joining me for a new episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate you joining me on this Wednesday of uh, September. We're getting close to the end of September. The cold weather is setting in here in the Northeast. We're still going to have some days where it gets a little bit warmer, but it is starting to be fall officially. That doesn't mean things are going to change. We still have a lot happening. Um, the, the coronavirus is still around and we still have to be aware and alert. Um, we have to be safe. We still have to take care of our family members, our communities. There's still a lot going on with racial injustice, systemic racism. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, turmoil in the U.S., but we are not alone in our turmoil here in the U.S. The world is full of turmoil and chaos sometimes. And it, it takes a moment each day to try to wade your way through some of the muck, if you will, and to find uh, a glimmer of hope or positivity. I'm hoping to try to bring a little bit of that to you each day with this podcast. I'm hoping it helps. Um, You can still find it on your own outside of this podcast. There are ways to find moments. I try to give you a little something to do each day to help you find that. And of course, that'll continue today. Today, my stories, there's just going to be one story that I want to talk about because this is a story that is very personal to me, but it also can reach a worldwide audience. All right, well, I'm still going to bring you your positive news. Let's not forget about that. All right, thank you for joining me. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning, and you are listening to The Daily Optimist. So what I'm going to really talk about today is how President Trump in the U.S. has expanded on a ban of racial sensitivity training to federal contractors. So uh, sometime last week, he had um, decided that we should no longer have sensitivity training, uh, whether it had to do with um, race or um, sexual harassment, if you will, um, we don't need that anymore, you know, and how instead we need to have patriotic teaching. So he tweeted yesterday, um, that, ex- uh, something that expanded on the ban and it says this, Efforts to indoctrinate government employees with divisive and harmful sex and race-based ideologies um, is what he said that he's looking to get rid of. He doesn't want these efforts to take place anymore. Instead, he says, Americans should be taught to take pride in our great country. And if you don't, there's nothing in it for you. Okay, so... There's so much here. Okay. 
I also want to remem- remind you again, I, I said it a moment ago, but he wants to promote a patriotic education and not teach students about systemic racism. Well, that is literally the opposite of what I'm working at personally as my um, goal to to end systemic racism. I'm working on a curriculum change for schools. I'm not going to talk about me. But the idea behind this is to say that that doesn't matter anymore. Racism doesn't matter. They need to learn how amazing America is. But in order to learn how amazing America is, you have to understand that America, the country we live in and we love, was based off of dissent. Based off of deciding to be, get rid of a system that the uh, the new colonies did not agree with. That's what the whole Revolutionary War was. And then there was a second war fought within the own country of the U.S. called the Civil War, where the North wanted one thing, the South wanted another. Because there are ways that um, are spelled out in in our documents that helped found the nation that if you don't like things you have to work for change so he also said workplace training that incalculates its employees uh, any form of race or sex stereotyping or any form of race or sex scapegoating they will face cancellation of their contracts if they have that in there what It says, instructors and materials teaching that men and members of certain races, as well as our most venerable institutions, are inherently sexist and racist, are appearing in workplace diversity trainings across the country, even in components of the federal government and among federal contractors. That's what the order says. So, mind you, when uh, this country was founded, it was founded on the philosophy that All men were created equal, right? So, we also know that some of the issue with when it says all men are created equal, that it was really talking about wealthy landowning white men. Okay. So, if we understand that, we understand why changes have come to the Constitution and... and, um, why there have been amendments, and why there's abolition of slavery, why women's rights have have passed, why there's still um, fights for all of these, you know, LGBTQ rights are, are passing, and the idea behind all of this is to say his version of America that he has been talking about since his election uh, campaign began his idea of what it means to quote unquote make America great again is to take it back to a time where the only people that mattered are wealthy white landowning men. So to take out women, minorities, or um, LGBTQ. So if you. If you look at what that really says and how you have to teach them a patriotic um, 
Is that a form of fascism? We know earlier in the week, uh, actually over this past weekend, he was at a predominantly white rally and um, told them that they have good genes. They have good genes, he said. I don't remember his specific quote, but that was what it was about. So they have good genes because of a predominantly white crowd. He wants to teach only a version of a patriotic history, he calls it, and no longer teach that there should be any diversity training at all, including women, minorities, LGBTQ, I'm just going to assume is in there as well, and instead teach only the history of how white people have done amazing things in this country. Now, because because white people have done amazing things in this country, how how is teaching that there is systemic racism taking anything away from what they have done? To me, it's not. To me, we have to be able to see both sides of a human being, right? Take Christopher Columbus, for example. Did Christopher Columbus come over and... We know he didn't technically discover America, but did he come over and make, a, make the trek? Absolutely. Was he one of the first true documented people to do that? Absolutely. But did he also enslave indigenous people and massacre a whole bunch of them and steal their wealth? Absolutely. So why can we not teach both, both sides of that? We can then make a judgment off of who he was or how we feel about him if we learn both sides. Okay, so... I also want to point out to you that in Belarus, the president was sworn in in a secret ceremony, basically. Sworn in in secret. Hmm. Because there's a dispute over his election. I want to remind you that in China right now, there are people who are speaking out against the Chinese government and they are being locked up and jailed or other things. I want you to just take a look at what is happening. Don't forget about in Russia how the opposition leader has just been discharged from the hospital after being poisoned. But right now, in the U.S., we have somebody in power who may be looking to have power in similar ways to some of these people in these other countries that have power. He looks up to them. So if you are in the U.S. right now, and you are not paying attention to this, and if you are not starting to question why certain restrictions are put in place, then I don't think you're fully understanding what he's doing. And I try not to be political, but this is beyond politics. This is about humanity and morality. This is about how in this country, 
if we're supposed to be able to say what we feel, First Amendment, if we are supposed to be able to, to have that right to protest even, freedom of information, well then, we are supposed to dissent to when uh, people in positions of power try to take power from the people. So just think about that. All right. And then look at some of these other countries that have been locking people up, having secret inaugurations, poisoning people. And that's remember what fascism is. They had good genes too in Germany with Hitler. That's what he was going for. I just want you to think about all that. It doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican. Think about what fascism is. Think about what could be happening in this country. All right, that's enough of that. I'm going to come back in just a moment and give you some positive news for the day. Time to switch gears and talk positive news. All right, let's take a breath, get rid of that last bit of news, and let's move forward positively. All right, so my first positive news story comes up from a billionaire who has finally given away his entire fortune after 38 years of mostly secret donations. All right, so it starts back in 1982, where a wealthy businessman set up a philanthropic foundation. His goal was to give away his fortune, and now he finally has achieved that goal at the age of 89. His name is Chuck Feeney, and he made his money in um, building a nest egg of $8 billion over the course of his life in uh, duty-free shopping business. He is an Irish-American, known for his uh, frugality and humility. So he doesn't own a car, he rents a small apartment, he flies um, economy class, and he only owns a pair of shoes. So he has been uh, doing charitable activities uh, since then, and they were kind of hidden for a while, then his identity was revealed, and in 97, he, when he sold his shares in the company, he continued to stay on the low until 2005 when an opportunity came along to do some good within uh with publicity so he decided to join um the journalist connor o'cleary's writing of his biography with an eye toward promoting giving while living to other wealthy people and um so he he worked on it so his Feeney's foundation and the Atlantic Philanthropies, they finally ran out of money. He was very happy because he said completing this, you know, he's very happy because he completed this watch, uh, this goal on his watch is uh, why he's super happy. Um, so he donated about $3.7 billion to higher education institutions, um, including close to a billion to Cornell, where he studied for free under the GI Bill after serving... Uh, in the Air Force during the Korean War. 
He donated $870 million to various human rights groups, about $1.9 billion to fund various projects in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, where he helped found the University of Limerick. So, you know, this has been a lifelong goal of his, and, um, you know, he's been looked up to by some other billionaires, um, including Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. They've established the Giving Pledge for the World's Richest People. Um, so, you know, he, he, he wants everybody to be able to give away their, that money because they're not going to be able to take it with them is his goal. Um, he said, wealth brings responsibility. People must define themselves or feel a responsibility to use some of their assets to improve the lives of their fellow humans or else create intractable problems for future generations. And uh, Warren Buffett claims that uh, Feeney is, quote unquote, my hero and Bill Gates' hero, and he should be everybody's hero. So, you can uh, look him up, look into the story of Chuck Feeney and how he donated all his money. And it has made him a happy person. My second story is going to come from a four-year-old young lady battling cancer where she was in the grocery store with her mother and um, they saw a balloon mother had already checked out and a lady behind them bought the balloon for them and the mom thanked them and then they rushed home Um, and then she felt like she didn't uh, say thank you to the woman the best she could have so she posted uh, saying anyone who was at the store to uh, find this woman and thank her again but what instead what happened were hundreds of people shared and commented on the post offering other items and good deeds to Catherine and her family that's when two strangers uh, reached out to help organize the donations um, then they started to give some of the donations to other families that are affected by childhood cancer um, they received a text message from a friend informing them that the woman who purchased the balloon for Catherine was a was a somebody they knew, um, or that you know was a, a friend's friend kind of thing. Um, the lady who who donated the balloon actually uh, Debbie Culp. She works in the behavioral health department at Nationwide Children's Hospital, where the mother and daughter met her uh, to thank her and. Um, she says, I did what I think anyone else would do. So now these four strangers have come together to create a place for families to donate to other families affected by cancer. And uh, at least 150 families have um, offered donations to the four families. So it's become this giant donation pool where they're reaching out to families affected by cancer, especially childhood cancer, to donate whatever possible. If you're interested, you can even contact them and donate yourself. It's uh, All it takes is one balloon at gmail.com. And you can get in touch with them and uh, help or donate if you're interested. Okay? That's my positive news for the day. I'll be back with a positive step in just a moment.
for the positive step today. It is going to be try to eliminate some negativity today. All right. I know it's easier said than done, but try to find a way to just eliminate a little bit of negativity in your day. It could be as simple as maybe not going on social media today, or at least as often. Take a moment to just stay off of it because there can be so much negativity that you find on there and it can be a bit overwhelming. Um, And it's not always an intentional thing, but it seems to be we always get wrapped up in it and we go sometimes deeper into a rabbit hole. You could, you know, maybe not watch the news today or read your newspaper because oftentimes it's plagued with uh, negative stories instead you know find something positive to do in in place of that watch your favorite tv show or um a movie that you hadn't seen yet or um just cook your favorite meal hang out with your family listen to some good music just try to take a break from any extra negativity today i know it's impossible to to take a break from all of it Um, But you can certainly make some strides to distance yourself from from certain aspects of negativity, like, you know, news, social media, uh, those are easier ones. You may not be able to um, do it at work. There may be somebody who is negative that you work with, and you can't quite distance yourself from them. I understand. I get it. But try to find a way where you can. Okay? All right. I'll be back in just a moment with your positive quote for the day. Today's quote comes from Paulo Coelho. Alright, Paulo Coelho, he is a Brazilian lyricist, novelist, Uh, Best known for The Alchemist, but that is not his only work. He has many, many novels. Um, He has also created the Paulo Coelho Foundation. So, he, his quote rather, goes like this. The less you respond to negative people, the more positive your life will become. The less you respond to negative people, the more positive your life will become. So that goes right along with uh, the step of the day, okay? And maybe you can't necessarily avoid some people, but you might be able to avoid others, or at least a situation or a story. You know, that's why on social media, you can stay off for the day or not watch the news whatever the case may be, okay? You're gonna have a more positive life, at least day to start, and maybe even a moment or two to start. But you gotta start somewhere. The less you respond to negative people, the more positive your life will become. Thank you very much everybody for making it through another episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. 
Please, as always, rate, subscribe, and share. Rate so that you never, or so that other people can find it. Rather, subscribe so you never miss it, and share so that you can bring a little positivity and optimism to somebody else's day. If you want to reach out to me, let me know where I'm right, where I'm wrong, what you agree with. Uh, you want to tell me your own stories. You want to share anything with me? Give me your favorite quote. You can find me on. Uh, Facebook, I am at The Daily Optimist on Facebook, at The Daily Optimist. I am on Instagram and Twitter, at The Daily Optpod, at The Daily O-P-T-P-O-D. You can also email me, I am The Daily Optimist at Yahoo.com, The Daily Optimist at Yahoo.com. Thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate you. Until next time, everybody, please be well. <laughs>